Welcome to episode 37 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 4. We are one spirit, one heart. And together, we are creating a library of stories. I am your host, Hamida, and I want to bring you stories. Because stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Listeners, I dedicate this episode to the Thanksgiving holiday that we all are going to be celebrating tomorrow, albeit a bit differently this year. It's going to be with just our immediate families, but so be it. We are all going to make the best of it. I hope everyone's going to find a virtual way of connecting with your extended families and your friends to express gratitude and give thanks just like I am planning to. Before we go any further with this episode, I would like to play a clip for you of Monk Gorgopaldas. He is a wonderful storyteller and let's listen in his words, his perspective of Thanksgiving. I came to London Heathrow once. I came to the immigration officer. He said, are you married? I'm a monk. He said, no, I was just cross-checking just in case. And then he said, can I ask you another one, please? I said, yes. He said, are you not missing anything in life? I said, of course I am. He said, what? I said, problems. You know what? He loved my answer. Believe me, hand on my heart. He stamped my passport. And as I'm walking out of the gate, he put his hand on my head, blessing me. He said, son, remain like this. Son, remain like this. You will never have to go through any issues and your problems in life. But as I walked through the gate, I turned to him and told him, look, gentlemen, I must tell you something. Don't think that me as a monk is free from problems. Anyone who lives in this dog-eat-dog-live world, as they might say, or anyone who lives in this world full of rat race and pressures, whether it's you who are a student studying, or one of you corporates or business people who's working, or married man or lady who's kind of dealing with family life, or myself as a monk, we are all subject to our own pressures. We are all subject to our own stresses. We are all subject to our own individual worries and anxieties. Just the flavor is different. Just the flavor is different. Problems. You have yours. I have mine. And we all go through them, don't we? Oof. What do you do? What do you do? No one's life is going to be perfect. But we can choose to make our lives happier than what it is now. Will you ever find a perfect guy or a girl? They say a perfect guy is a guy who never fights, who never flirts, who never cheats, who never lies, who works hard, who takes care of the kids, who brings a big income home, who's very romantic, who's very loving, who's affectionate and who doesn't exist. There's nothing like a perfect partner. There's nothing like a perfect house. There's nothing like a perfect job. There's nothing like a perfect life. We can't have a perfect life. We can definitely learn how to have a happier life. It's not the happy people who are thankful. It's the thankful people who are happy. 
and it's quite amazing there's so much in life to be grateful for it's very easy to say a thank you harder to mean a thank you and hardest to live a thank you no big deal say a thank you thank you for your talk sir thank you do you even mean it better than just saying it is to mean it and better than to mean it is to live it and living a thank you is reciprocation we give back we serve believe me you life will be different that is such a beautiful message and since i am saying this aloud to all of my listeners i will be obligated to do this but from here on i want to mean my thank yous and wherever and whenever possible i want to live my thank yous over to introducing our guest for today she is inspired and at her best when she's able to make someone smile and able to make a difference in the lives of others she is the lucky mom of two teenagers and has married her high school sweetheart and best friend everyone let's welcome pinky shah hello pinky welcome to sharing life lessons it's so good to have you on the show oh i am so honored thank you for having me You're most welcome Pinky. I'm so looking forward to talking to you and to listening to your story because it is so pertinent to Thanksgiving. But before we get on to your story, can you please tell us something about yourself? Sure, sure. So, I let's see. I'll start with I am the daughter of two amazing people and I have a brother or had a brother, I should say he's passed away now. and he and i were 2 years apart in age so we grew up together i was born in india and came here at a very young age 5 so i am technically second generation but i feel like i was born here cuz i was so young when i came but i did see the hardships that my parents went through and such right and settling into a new country and what they did for us so it definitely a lot of lessons learned along the way and i went to pharmacy school was fortunate met my husband in high school so i was able to marry my high school sweetheart which is a a blessing a huge huge blessing and then yeah went to pharmacy school worked in corporate life for a while and then changed paths and joined my father in the family mortgage business so then i went down the mortgage route complete different direction than what i ever had done big huge risk and and it was the best thing that i ever did though because now i love being in the mortgage world it's just amazing to be able to help people fulfill their dreams of home ownership and really what's even better than that is i found that mortgage has become a conduit for me from which i get to reach so many people i've recently discovered that my life's purpose is really to be a shining light that does magical things to inspire the greatness in myself and in others and so with what i do at work i make sure that every single human being that i get an opportunity to interact with you know i'm able to spread some sort of sunshine into their life as a result of it so it's really exciting and it gets me pumped up and excited to always be learning and growing and contributing to other people and i can't believe i didn't mention my children yet but i am <laughs> the mother of two high schoolers so two teenagers so they keep me on my toes and keep me learning and growing all the time as well 
first of all, that's a beautiful purpose. I love your purpose. So even before we get onto your story, I'm going to ask you how you found your purpose. But before that, to the listeners, all of Pinky's links are going to be in the show notes in case you need to reach out to her for any of your home mortgage purposes or just to get some shining light in your lives because that's her purpose. So use her for that. Absolutely. And from a mother of teenagers to a mother of teenagers, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) So do tell us, how did you find your purpose? It's been a long journey, Hamida. I've been, I would say I started my personal development journey. I'm not sure how many years ago at this point, but at least five or six years ago when I started going deeper and I started with this landmark course. I don't know if anyone's heard of landmark form. Have you heard of it? I actually have. And the reason why I heard it is because one of my previous guests in my show told me about landmark. Yes. So my husband heard about it from one of his business friends and then he did it and then told me that I had to do it. And after that, I've gone through their whole curriculum for living and we've had a lot of family members that have done so as well. And that really opened my eyes a lot to just deep introspection and being really purposeful in my life. I've always been an ambitious person, always been a goal setter, but I think I always set goals that made sense. That seemed like it was the next goal I should set. If that that makes sense. I'm going to call them the ordinary goals that just felt Mm -hmm. like this is what I should be doing next. Okay. I, I should be striving for a promotion because that's what you do when you have a job. Like it was that kind of thing. And then, yeah. So doing this kind of helped me realize that I can author my own life and I should author my own life. So that got me down the path and then I continued and then I was just completely hooked and still am to just personal development. And then I went down the Tony Robbins path. And so I've done a, a whole host of Tony Robbins courses, you know, Unleash the Power Within, Date with Destiny, Business Mastery, and a Date with Destiny. It's a six day program, almost seven days. I can't remember. They say it's a date with your own destiny. That's what the name of the program implies. And you focus all that time to culminate into developing your life's purpose. So it was at that event that I actually was able to finally articulate it and have a real true purpose. And so now every action that I take, I'm able to say, is this action helping me towards my life purpose? And so it really has helped me be more focused in what I do. I am so glad I asked you this question because otherwise we wouldn't have gotten this slew of resources from you. (laughs) Please give them to me because I'm going to put them in the show notes so that listeners can also go to any of these courses or seminars. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I I can't recommend enough how important it is to invest in yourself. I always felt like it was selfish because it was the, the landmark forum was three days, Unleash the Power Within was four days, and it felt selfish from a person who always wanted to care for everybody. And and a lot of mothers, I'm sure in the audience that are listening probably Mm -hmm. feel the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, it helped me realize that I'm able to do more, give more and be more for everybody that I want to do more for because I invested this time in myself. Very motivational. (laughs) So Pinky, I want to know your story about your brother. Tell us about that, please. Sure, sure. So my brother, well, we were both born in India. And I don't think my parents knew, well, they didn't know right away, but we came to learn that he had cerebral palsy. In the spectrum of things, he was sort of in the middle as far as what cerebral palsy, for those that don't know, right, cerebral palsy means it's basically, it can have a range of effects on a human being. It can be muscular, some people can't talk, they have trouble doing a host of activities. And his was, fortunately, he always had a strong mind which I don't think I realized what a blessing was because I was a child and you don't realize you just saw what what wasn't there at the time, right? 
Mm-hmm. As I came to learn more about the disease, I came to learn that I, we were so lucky that he was able to always talk to us and he was always he was able to think and have a really sharp mind. So we were fortunate and blessed to be able to have that. But that's what brought us to the U.S. though. I believe it was because it was a search for better healthcare to take care of him and to help him. And that's why we got a chance to come here. Unfortunately, he passed 15 years ago. He was in his 30s and he would have been, what, 32 when he passed and how did cerebral palsy affect him? He was not able to walk. Okay. So he was wheelchair bound uh, as far as I, he's two years older than me. So you guys can do the math on how old I am then. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave that out. <laughs> I just, it's okay. I'm proud. I have no problem. <laughs> so as far as I know, he's always been in a wheelchair. It's just how I remember my brother always. I understand that when he was super young, he was able to walk a little bit. It is a dege- degenerative, at least in his case. He wasn't able to walk. And then his arm function was not always the best. It was, as as he was younger, it was better and it started deteriorating. And then the condition deteriorated towards the very end, of course, but yeah. What was your relationship with him? It was great. I mean, we, (laughs) it was just, we, my husband will now tell you because when we had children and they started fighting, I said, what are they doing? I don't understand this (laughs) because they would bicker and they'd get mad at each other and they'd be so mean to each other. And I said, I don't understand this. And he would tell me, he said, you and Mikhail, my brother's name is Mikhail. He said, you and Mikhail are very different people because we didn't fight. (laughs) And he said, really all sibling relationships are not like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, this is normal. It's okay that the kids are fighting. This is what siblings do. (laughs) I can literally probably count on one hand how many times he and I had a fight because it was so infrequent. And so, yeah, we were friends and I wouldn't truthfully probably go as far as saying like he was my best friend kind of thing, but we had a, a very... It was just a very good relationship where it was like, he would say, let's do this. And I would say, okay, sure. Or I would say, let's do this. And he would say, okay, sure. So we were both just very agreeable with each other. I think it's probably a good way to put it. He controlled the TV remote in our house. So I grew up watching (laughs) A-Team, Chips and all the boy shows because that's what he wanted to watch. (laughs) Sure. And tell us about his personality. He was super giving, super, super giving. My mom tells me the story and I don't remember it because I have a poor memory and I was young, but when we were in India, she remembers very fondly that when I guess we went to school and sometimes we would get candy or some sort of treats or something and he would come home with them and share them with me and then he would have it. So he wouldn't eat it until he brought him home. And I always got first dibs to not only would it, it wasn't like here, you can have the ones I don't like. I got to pick which ones I liked first of the candy that he got home from school. Whereas most people would never have shared it with their siblings, but I always got first dibs. Yeah. I was one of them. I never shared. <laughs> yeah. I hoarded my chocolates and candies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even as we were like teenagers and I had this strange obsession with wanting to be the first that did things. Like if it was like a new t-shirt, I wanted to wear first a new toothpaste. I wanted to be the first one to use the toothpaste really silly, but he would get new clothes and they would be huge on me, but I would mm-hmm. still want to wear them first. And he would let me. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So, yeah. That's nice. So you did say that his life has taught you and his life has had an impact on you. Of course, how can it not, right? Every sibling does. Absolutely. And especially with someone who is so giving, even from the limitations that he has. Yes. Would really like to know what kind of impact he had on you and what were the life lessons that you learned from your relationship with him and from him 
as a person? Sure. So one of the things that a lot of folks say about him is that he was always smiling. A lot of people, you know, especially once he passes, right? Of course, everyone tells you all the good things about a human being, which, you know, was a reminder to me, by the way, that I should tell people good things about them to them while they're alive. Because hearing all the wonderful things about him when people pass, it was very sweet. And I'm like, oh, it would have been so nice for him to hear that. By the so- way, that is life lesson number one. If you f- know anything about someone else that is positive, just let them know that. Even if to pick up the phone, pick up the phone. If you're meeting them, just tell them because you're so right. Yeah, even text them. Honestly, like, hey, that was a very helpful conversation. Thank you. Yeah, so I find that I do that a lot more now. And sometimes I'll even go back. I was in shop buying groceries. I was picking out a cheese or something. And the woman who works in the cheese section, she came up to me and said, you should get that one. It's better. It's blah, 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 something, whatever it was that she said about it. And I said, thank you. And then in my mind, I started thinking, wow, this woman, that's the second time. I remember once before I was trying to pick out a cheese and I didn't ask the question, but she came to me and said, you look like you need help. What can I do for you? So I actually went back to this woman. I started walking away to another section. And then I was thinking this in my head and I said, well, why don't I tell her this? So I actually went back to her and I told her, I said, excuse me, I just want to say thank you because this is the second time you've proactively helped me. And it means a lot to me that you took the time to do that. I could tell that she doesn't hear that often. People don't take the time to say. I'm sure you made her day. Yeah. So that's definitely a huge, huge lesson that he's taught me is Say what you want to people when you have the ability to say what you want. Yeah. And let them know if they're making an impact on your life. Yeah. Very nice. So that's, yeah, you're right. That is a huge life lesson. I take it for granted now because I've been doing it because of him, but that's what got me started. <laughs> One of the other things, as I said, is that he was so positive. I, I wouldn't say he was always so positive. He definitely had his moments. How could you not? But when we were out, he was always smiling. People always told me how he was always smiling and he was just always happy and they said, how does he do that? He's going through so much and he's always smiling and he's always thinking of other people. Literally, unfortunately, the last three years of his life were too many were spent in the hospital. They were, they were really, really rough years. And so I would go there after work many times. So we split it up because our goal was always, he should never be there by himself. So my parents and I would go there and my husband and we'd go and take different times. And I would go right after work many a days. And his first thought was, and he could barely speak at this point, he would mouth the words or say, did you eat? Did you eat yet? And he'd say, go outside because we couldn't eat in his room. He's like, go outside and eat and then come in. Or I try to tell him a joke to cheer him up. And you knew he didn't think it was funny, but he laughed because he knew that I wanted to see him laugh. So there were little things like that he taught me about just being really aware of and putting other people's needs first. Yeah. And, and And I always said, if he can do it with the circumstances that he's under, there's no reason that I can't do that. So I think that's definitely a huge lesson that he's taught me about just serving others first and making sure that you always take care of other people. Mm -hmm. Motivational. Yes, yes. And then the other big thing I think too is about just being in the moment and being present. Because when you lose somebody like that, obviously it was an extremely hard, right? To have lost your brother. So it's certainly not an easy thing to have gone through. But again, it just made me realize that every day is a blessing and Knowing that I'm still here and he's not, of course, you always have those moments of like, why him and not me? So you have those moments, but then I, like, for me, I've lived my life fuller because I know that I've been blessed to still be here and to have these days and to be healthy. So I think I just live my life fuller as a result of knowing that it can be taken away from me. I have been given this gift. There's a reason why 
I am still here and I've got to make every moment on this planet count and be worth something. Yeah. Like they say, every challenge is given to you so that you learn something from it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you got a lot of learning out of, I mean, you got a lot of joy too, because you had good times with your brother, but you also got a lot of learning out of it. Absolutely. And then you said there was another great thing that he taught you and which is why we are putting this up as a Thanksgiving episode. So tell us about that. Should be talking about being thankful on Thanksgiving. (laughs) So yes, yes. Gratitude, gratitude. I mean, again, when you lose something that's dear to you, you go through a tragedy. You know, we can all, everyone deals with it differently. And one approach is to be upset about it. And, And there's stages of it, by the way, for everybody. Grief has very different stages. And then it depends on how long you stay in each stage too. So thankfully I was able to get to a place of gratitude, gratitude for having him in my life for the number of years that I did, because with what he had, we didn't know how long he was going to be with us. And I was able to be grateful for the fact that he was able to communicate. He was able to think freely. He was able to laugh. He was able to enjoy himself for so many of his years. So I was grateful for all those things that he had. And then of course, for the fact that I was able to have him in my life for as long as I was. And then my mom and my dad, and we all had him around us. So I was able to be grateful for those things. I'm not going to say that it happened instantly. I'd be lying if I did, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right? It wasn't like it happened right away. It took me a while. And it was a lot of this self-development journey that I was on along the way. Yep. That helped me pull out some of these things because they really make you go back and look at your life and help you figure out why you are who you are and what you want to change about it too. So I think through all this, I I realized that gratitude is such a huge part of me and it it all ties back to him. That's where I think it, you know, originated if I had to pick a point, right? Originate there. And then a lot of this personal development work that I've been doing helped me hone it and develop it because honestly, gratitude is a little bit of a skill. It's a muscle. You have to keep working on it. You have to be always looking for it in order to always live in gratitude. There's certain things that are easy to be grateful on Thanksgiving. Everyone knows to be grateful because that's what the holiday is about. And we know that we have to be thankful for things like that's just what the holiday is for. But there's other days of the week that we all forget. And so waking up with gratitude, being grateful for the challenges, right? Even the challenges that we had, we had to get tested for COVID for the first time recently, because we thought we might have been exposed. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, and it came back negative, thankfully, but when it happened, we went into quarantine for a little bit and it happened right at Diwali time. Mm-hmm. So we had to cancel the little few plans that we had. And it's for a second, I was like, oh man. But then I said, well, you know what? This is a good thing. So one of the lines that I love is this is good because, and I read this in a book, but it's even when something that's a challenge or an obstacle happens, this is good because. So I, I like I, that. I, yeah. I really like that. This is good because. So we had to get COVID tested, cancel all our value plans. This is good because it taught us that we still have to be safe one, right? Because <laughs> I don't know about others, but for us over the summer, we got a little bit less careful. And two, it was good because now we got to experience what other people have experienced with the testing. So now I can relate to more people that have gone through the testing and gone through this process. And it was good because remember I said, I have two teenagers and I think it's important for them to see some adversity in their life, to be able to have this. We're fortunate they've lived a very blessed life and knock on wood, I continue to hope that they do. But if this was a way for them to be exposed to, hey, life isn't always gonna be perfect and it's not always gonna go the way that you want, 
there's a lot for us to learn from that. So that's why it was good. That is such a good way of looking at it because that's exactly how I see too at times. I feel bad for them because my son is a senior in high school and he's not able to experience the normal, what normal seniors do and what normal senioritis is, et cetera, et cetera. But on the other hand, I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking. You know, if this is an adversity that they are being forced to live and if they can gracefully come out of this, then there is very little in life that they're not going to be able to gracefully come out of. Yes, exactly. So I heard you say that you wake up in the morning and you're grateful. What other ways are you uh, being grateful and also assisting others to be grateful? Sure. Many years ago, my husband got me a gratitude journal. Don't do it every single day. I, I have the habit of doing it every single day for some time, but I do write in a gratitude journal. So I do that. I do start my day. I try to step out of bed in the morning and just think about what I'm grateful for. And sometimes it's as simple as I'm grateful the sun is shining. I'm grateful that I'm able to wake up healthy. I'm grateful for being able to take this step out of my bed, right? Because again, especially having lived with my brother, being able to walk is a blessing and Mm -hmm. and knowing that full function of my body is a blessing. And so I do every day try to wake up and think about what I'm grateful for as a starting place. Another habit is that we've had with our children since they were so little, and my husband started this, I can't even take credit for it, but he started it was one of the things our bedtime routine includes, what are you grateful for today? What was the highlight of your day? So we do things like that to try and make sure that gratitude is a part of our life. And just like anything else, Tony Robbins say this, right? Where focus goes, energy flows. So if I focus on gratitude, I'm going to find more things to be grateful for. If I focus on what's wrong in my life, I'm going to find more things that are wrong. You know, if, oh my gosh, I'm having such a bad day. This is wrong. This is wrong. If you have that type of language with yourself, you will find more things wrong. It's just what happens. Yeah. If I'm so lucky that Hamida asked me to speak here today, what a blessing that was. I'm so lucky that I got to go exercise this morning. I'm so lucky that I was able to make lunch for my son. If I focus on those things rather than, oh, I have to make lunch and I have to go do this. I had to do, that would be a different approach to my day. And I would have a different way of being, behaving and everything. So that's one of the ways that I do it for myself. And then how do I spread it was the second part of your question, right? And I think part of it isn't just conversations. So when people tell me things, I do say intuitively, oh, how lucky you are that you got to do that. And then right now, so I, last year I started during the month of November, I do a gratitude challenge on my social media. So every day I post a video of something that I'm grateful for. And the intent is it's not just on Thanksgiving that we should be grateful. So I've been doing a gratitude video every single day for for this month. And I actually like those videos so much, which is exactly why I wanted you to be a guest on this show. So yes, definitely tell us more about that. And I will put a link on the uh, show notes as well. Sure. Okay. So I post a video every day on Facebook and Instagram. And it's silly things. Yesterday, I think I said I was grateful for the warm weather because it gave me a chance to get outside and play with my son and go for a walk with my husband. So like, it's not huge things really. And it's a way to look for those little opportunities to be grateful. And so then I decided, why don't we take this further? I mean, then I, you know, we met because of Viva, right? It's a Mm -hmm. volunteer organization that you and I are both uh, a part of and you for much longer than I am. And the organization is pretty amazing because it's helping empower and educate. Those are the two words that caught my attention about what Viva does. Mm-hmm. And Viva's on this kick right now to raise a certain amount of funds before year end. So I thought that's important. I want to help this cause. And then 
if we can all be more grateful as a human race, if I can help more people look for gratitude, I just feel like we can have a better place to live in for us and for our future generations. So that's my small mission. So if I could keep spreading it, then it would be helpful. Now there's this gratitude challenge that I've put out to other people. And what I've said is post something that you're grateful for on my business page, Pinky Shaw Mortgage Team, post something for which you're grateful for, and then go out and share it. Because again, we want to spread that gratitude. Mm -hmm. And then for every person who makes a post, I'm going to donate to Viva. I'm going to donate $50 for every post to Viva because it's an organization that I believe in. So it's, if I can help donate to Viva and help spread awareness to Viva, then we've accomplished a whole lot of things with one little small action is the goal. Yep. And that's incredible. And for the listeners, the name of the organization is V-I-B-H-A Vipa. Uh, and it helps, like Pinky said, little children for their educational needs. And these are the really poor, poor children who can't afford even daily food. So Pinky, thank you so much for doing that challenge. I thought it was very creative. All of these are going to be in the show notes. So if anyone wants to take the challenge, please go ahead and do that. And oh, then please, we'll keep donating. So please post. Yeah. And Pinky has no limit in her donation, I heard. So yeah, <laughs> definitely keep get taking that challenge. And also Pinky, thank you for trying to create a wave of gratitude. Absolutely. Hey, it, it brings me a lot of joy. So I would say that it's totally, it's not completely altruistic because it brings me a lot of joy. So Absolutely. I get a lot of fulfillment by doing it. Thank you very much for doing that. Thank you for doing that for the world. Thank you for being on the show. And thank you for sharing your lovely story about your brother. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for doing what you're doing, Hamida. Impressive work. And I'm so proud and happy to, to know you and for the work that you're doing here. So thank you. Likewise. Thanks. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to Pinky's lovely story as much as I did. Before I am able to talk about my big takeaways from Pinky's life lessons that she shared, I want to tell you a bit about the organization called Vibha, where Pinky and I both volunteer, where we are affiliated with, and where we both met. Vibha's mission is to ensure that every child gets his or her right to education, health, and opportunity. Its mantra is educate, enable, and empower children in need. Currently, Vipa supports 23 projects in India and 7 projects in the US, and it is a 100% volunteer-driven organization. To learn more about how you can get involved, please go to vipa.org, which is V-I-B-H-A dot org. And now, here are my big takeaways from the discussion today. One, if someone makes you feel good, then let that person know that when you have the ability to do so. Two, be in the moment and make every moment on this planet count and be worth something. Three, where focus goes, energy flows. If you focus on what is wrong, then more wrong things will emerge. But if you focus on what is good and right, then that is what you will attract. Lastly, and most importantly, be thankful and keep smiling. This brings us to the end of this episode. I want to wish all my listeners, from me and my family, to you and yours, a very happy Thanksgiving. I will bring you another episode of Sharing Life Lessons next Wednesday. Until then, be happy. 
Be safe and be well.